In the event you've been solely focused upon developments regarding COVID-19, or keeping abreast of the demonstrations on downtown Denver streets, there is a very major election awaiting your participation in less than 45 days with candidates, ballot initiatives, judges, and all. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. With so much real information being muddled with disinformation regarding the election, we thought this to be perfect timing to provide you with information from official sources who run the election, so you'll absolutely know how to make sure your vote gets counted. First, a note of clarity. Our guests on this edition are from the city and county of Denver. Although the principal information will be the same for all Colorado counties, some secondary procedural information will be unique to Denver, such as how election judges may be selected or hired. That aside, their direction for Denver will help you in Arapahoe, Adams, Douglas, Jefferson, and other counties as well. With that stated, and all of us continuing to work remotely, joining us are the Denver Director of Elections, Jocelyn Bucaro, and the Denver City Clerk and Recorder who operates the election, Paul Lopez. Ballots start uh, getting mailed on uh, October 9th. And uh, that'll be to every household that uh, that we have mail-in ballots to. Mind you that our overseas ballots uh, have already been mailed out. And um, uh, the election is live as we speak when it comes to uh, overseas voters. So, so for o- overseas folks, that means they have to go there and they have to get back. Now, do you have any extra time uh, after November 3rd for counting them because they have to... Uh, come back from APOs and all those other addresses that are from foreign countries? As long as they're mailed by November 3rd, if they're returning them by mail, then um, they have until November 12th to get to us and still be counting or still be counted. So that is true for only for military and overseas citizen voters. Um, if you're if you're not, if you don't qualify um, for that status, uh, then you have to get your ballot back to us, and we have to have it by 7 p.m. on November 3rd. So, so I want to make sure that's clear. But military and overseas voters also have the option to get their ballots electronically, and they can return them electronically as well. So we've actually already had close to 300 voter votes, um, ballots already returned from those voters. Oh, great, great. So any uh, families that are listening to us who live in Denver uh, that have military in the families, if they get uh, let them know that they can do it electronically or to make sure that mm-hmm. their ballot has a, a postmark before yep. uh, uh, November 3rd. Is that correct? Correct, yep. And that, that goes for um, folks living abroad, too, that are non-military. COVID-19 is having a real effect on everything else in the country, but since we've been a mail-in state, what kind of effect is it going to have for you in this election? You know, we'd like to say that uh, we're, uh, we've been uh, social distancing before it was cool. Uh, we've had mail ballots. <laughs> we've had mail ballots before at, uh, uh, you know, since 2013. And, you know, our, our state, the voters in our state have had the, uh, the, the privilege to be able to, to use this model for quite a while, and it's been very successful. Um, you know, this last um, – election that we had, which was a state primary on June 30th, um, that state primary, we had 50.2% turnout, which was a high turnout, was a record turnout for a state primary. But the most interesting thing and, and the most notable number is that 99% of all of our votes that came in were by 
voters who did not come in person. They either used the mail or they dropped it in one of our drop boxes around the city. Um, oh, and left them bunkers. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, people in uh, Colorado and people in our own right here in our own backyard in the Mile High City, you know, we're, we're used to this model, and this model happens to be pandemic-proof. The thing about it is uh, the, the point that I've been making, too, on other programs is that they've been saying, oh, you know, it's going to be election fraud, but we have Senator Bennett and Senator Gardner, two opposite parties, both elected by mail-in, and that tells you it works, and it works with no problem at all. It's safe, it's secure, it's transparent, and like I keep saying, it's pandemic-proof. You don't have to go in person to cast a ballot, and, you know, when we go and, you know, we, we test our system ahead of time, um, and we test our system at the end with an audit, and every, you know, since I've been here, this is going to be my fourth election as, as, as the clerk, and since I've been there, man, it, we, we've batted a thousand when it comes to, when it comes to that audit at the end, which, which tells you that it is very accurate, and that is very secure. And, and the other thing that, you know, now that you brought that up, is it's important for voters to know that every every part of our security is is due to the fact that every every vote produces a paper ballot. Um, it has a signature associated with it. And, um, and it's not connected. None of our systems are connected to the Internet. There, there's, you know, it, is all, it all happens right here. And it's, it's safe and it's secure and people can trust it. Mr. Picaro, the ballots themselves, how many languages are they and outside of English and Spanish? So we make available at all of our in-person sites and um, on our website um, sample ballots in five additional languages other than English mm-hmm. uh, and Spanish for voters who um, are may speak another language or, or predominantly speak another language. So what are the other that, five languages that, that you know them off yeah. the top of your head? Yeah, that includes Vietnamese, Somali, Russian, Arabic, and Amharic uh, ah, are the five languages. Immigrants, though, have to be naturalized citizens before they can vote. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And I had a neighbor who's from England, not a naturalized citizen. She knows she can't vote. But she says, oh, you got to ask them if I can work as an election judge. So can immigrants work as election judges the same way youngsters who are under 18 can, even though they can't vote? That is a great question. Um, Election judges must be United States citizens, unfortunately, um, or be um, 16 or 17 years old and be at least a junior in high school in order to be eligible to serve as an election judge in Colorado. So unfortunately, you're um, friend who's not yet a U.S. citizen would not be eligible to serve as an election judge. There's a number of immigrants that wanted to become involved in the election some way they any way they can uh, without uh, being able to vote. I don't want your friend uh, to feel like they don't have a place in this democracy. There's a lot. They may not be able to vote yet. They may not be able to serve as an election judge, but that does not mean that they cannot help um, either through a nonprofit organization or, you know, doing uh, helping people get out the vote, helping uh, helping educate people on why it's important to vote. You know, you know, democracy is 365, 24-7, and it includes everybody, and there's a lot of our young people who are not eligible uh, to vote yet. 
Um, but they, you know, think this election matters to them. Democracy matters to them, and they all have a say. I mean, this is not a uh, your, your friend could put out a yard sign in the front yard that says "vote," and that's perfectly mm-hmm. legal, right? And so, there's still a place. There's an absolute. There's a, there's still a voice, and there's still a place. Mr. Caro, we have extra help for uh, those who may be hearing impaired, sight impaired, and that kind of thing to help make sure that they can participate in the election as well, special assistance. Definitely. In fact, voters who have um, any kind of physical or visual impairment also have access to a um, ballot that they can mark using a computer and their own assistive technology at home. Um, so we do make an accessible vote at home option available for voters so they don't have to go and use in-person services in Colorado anymore. So we're really excited about that. And if, if anyone is in need of that service, um, our accessible vote at home ballot will be available beginning October 9th, just like when our other ballots mail. And voters can visit denvervotes.org slash voter info. And um, the accessible website will uh, help steer them to the accessible vote at home option for, for, for voters. Okay. All right. Clerk Lopez, uh, election judges, we, we just touched on that a bit. Um, are you still uh, looking for people to be election judges, one? And number two, some political parties have been saying they're going to have people monitor the, monitor the election in places where you have vote centers. Um, I didn't have any advice to them outside of if I was standing in line and somebody asked me for ID that was not a city official. One, I'm not showing it to them. Two, I'm taking a picture of them in case it's intimidation. So I said I better ask you where the city stands on that. So you do not need to have an ID to vote, and if somebody's asking you to show an ID, uh, they need to contact us. That is that is uh, that is illegal. Um, you know, uh, a person if that, if if you're uh, coming to one of our vote centers, if you show if you uh, decide to come in person, um, uh, all you have to do is walk up to one of our election judges if you have questions. We will have staff there. We are our election judges, and we can help a person through that process if they have any questions. Um, uh, the the first question you have with election judges, we can always use. Uh, more election judges, and the, you know, I'm going to put a plug out there is that what makes this a, a great model and what helps build the trust in, in, in our voting model is that, you know, uh, we, our voting model, uh, you know, all of our election judges are, are bipartisan. We have Republicans, we have Democrats, we have unaffiliated, um, and they're all here working side by side, processing the ballots, um, doing signature verification from start to finish, and so, we could always use um, election judges, uh, Republican election judges, Democratic election judges, um, and you can go on our website, denvervotes.org, slash voter info, and uh, there's a link that says become an election judge, and you can uh, you can follow that and sign up. But, yes, I would highly encourage folks uh, to, uh, to do that. If I may, I just want to clarify, yeah. we... We actually have had over 5,000 Denverites apply to be election judges, um, which is a, a new record um, in yeah. Denver. I don't think we've seen this level of interest. No, I don't think so either. That's a small army. <laughs> it is. It is so exciting to see this level of interest. Um, you know, Denver Denver tends to trend a little bit more 
on the blue side of the aisle. Um, so we do, we do, we we would love to have some more Republicans apply to be election judges. So if if Republicans are listening, or affi- our affiliated Republican Party voters are listening, we we would love to have you sign up to be an election judge. Let me ask you about registration. I think in Colorado we can register up into election day itself. Now, in checking the voter rolls. Inactive, active, is there still time to switch that back if we're on the rolls and listed as inactive? Is there still time to change that, and how is it done? That is absolutely still possible, and as you said, we do have registration up to and including November 3rd, the last day to vote. Um, after October 26th, anyone who does not have their registration current, if they are inactive because they've moved, and that's the only reason a voter would become inactive on the voter rolls, as if as if the elections office or the clerk and recorder has some indication from the postal service uh, because we received mail back as undeliverable yeah. that you may have moved, and 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 that would inactivate your record until you. Um, go either online to govotecolorado.gov and update your new address, um, or if you update your address through the Department of Motor Vehicles, that will automatically update your voter registration address as well. Sure. So one of those two steps, um, or you can fill out a paper registration form and either send it back to us by mail or, you know, bring it into our office. We are open. Um, but, yeah, voters have until... Uh, November 3rd to register and still cast a ballot. They have until October 26th to do it and still get a ballot in the mail. If they haven't updated before the 26th, they're going to have to go and use one of our in-person voter service and polling centers. And we will have a total of 36 open across the city by November 2nd. Um, they're opening in four phases. Um, the first site opens October 12th, and we have uh, a number of sites opening on the 19th and then the 26th and then November, or excuse me, October 30th and then November 2nd. Now, these are vote centers? Yes. Yes. And uh, and the list of vote centers is online, so people can find one near them. That's right. They can go to denvervotes.org slash voter info, and they'll see a map of all of our in-person sites as well as our, tw- our 24-hour Dropbox locations, and we have 38 of those across Denver. Election 2020 and the essential information you need to know to ensure your ballot is received and counted. Our expert guests are Paul Lopez, the clerk and recorder for the City of Denver, and his Director of Elections, Jocelyn Bucaro, the official insight from the official people. We'll continue gaining additional direction from them on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And many, many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.